it's it's all about just pretty much putting yourself out there making making sure that everyone else around you wins and then ultimately i think at the end of the day it always comes back to you know you just are building really great relationships what's up everybody welcome back to awesomeings podcast where we highlight people pursuing their definition of you guessed it awesome so buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning back into this episode of the Awesome Podcast. I'm sitting across the table from one of my actual childhood best friends, Jordan Guess. Jordan up, Matthew Garrett? Guess. We uh we could only wave to one another in the hallways of elementary school. Mm. It was pretty strict. Yeah. So I'm glad that your dad calls me Jordan. He calls you Jordan. And squeezes my shoulder very hard. Way too hard. <laughs> Man, uh, that's awesome. But, it's really uh, fun. I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah, me too. Me too. So Jordan and I, we've known each other since we were six. And uh, Jordan's got a crazy cool background. He's changed from being an engineer to accounting and all the stuff in between. Has a couple uh, fun side, really businesses and projects that we're going to talk about. He's an entrepreneur in probably a bit more unique of a sense than someone I might have on the show normally. So... Man, I'm glad this audience to our left is, you know, like of 10,000 and people are just so eager to hear you spit some fire, Jordan. But uh, let's do this, dude. Give a little bit of your background other than the fact that you're from Louisville. I'll spill that. But give a bit of your background, maybe like some of your education. You got a, a cool degree from Liberty. Um, and then what you've done in the accounting world, getting some degrees. That, yeah, just give us a little background for the yes. conversation. For those of you who are still with us, now that you found out I'm an accountant, um, <laughs> so my background is, you know, I went to U University of Kentucky, and then, yeah, got my master's, and then got a CPA license, went right into working in public accounting for small businesses and individuals at a small firm in Louisville, and then, yeah, did that for like two and a half years, went to go try working in corporate accounting at a real estate development company that was it was something. I mean, it was good experience, but um, all the people aspect of that job, or there was no people interaction on that job. You know, you're pretty much interacting with your manager. And how I got started into entrepreneurship is when I left the CPA firm, some maybe a handful of clients reached out to me and asked if I would continue to do the you know the tax work for them. So, and it was perfect timing because that was at the end of 2019, and um, I just finished my last CPA exam. And so going into that tax season, pretty much was able to do tax work on the side of my corporate accounting job, and there was no conflict of interest. Normally, if you're working for a public accounting firm, you can't also be doing your own stuff on the side. You have to bring those clients into the firm. So that was kind of unique. I was able to build on the side of while I still had a W-2 job and kind of ramp it up to where you know I didn't have to like bring my income almost down to zero for a year. I was able to keep keep money coming in the door and then build it on the side for about 13 months. Then in October of 2020, quit my job at the corporate accounting job, went full time. And I've been full time on my own ever since. And it's been a wild ride of like gaining clients when I didn't know if I was going to be able to do that. It's actually ended up being the easiest part is gaining clients. Now it's all about like, do I scale? Um, how do I scale? How do I hire people? Where do I hire them? You know, all those kinds of questions. So that's kind of what I'm working through right now. And the other piece that I'm working on is uh, do a podcast called Not All at Once and with a guy named Kendall Y. And Kendall is a software engineer at Coinmetrics. And so, yeah, right now we're just kind of working through some 
current events on Bitcoin. It seems like there's a ton of news coming out about the markets and stuff like that. So having a lot of fun, though. It's all, for me, it's all really fun. Lots of flexibility, which is huge for me. Um, so being a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> being a millennial, that's great. And you've done all that under the age of... 25 or like once you i'll turn 27 this year 27 so, well yeah. you said october 2020 correct yeah yeah so when i so, quit my well, job yeah, was probably about 26. 25 yeah 26 yeah. man that is a that's sweet yeah the people listening to this are are just <laughs> drooling with all that you've accomplished <laughs> i can i can already hear it so dude uh tell me this so what what led you to change your your focus in college to accountant be a, you know finance accountant in the accountant world from what you're doing as an engineer because i know that we were in, we were mathletes together in high right. school and you've always liked math and that set you really on a different path. Like right, once you made right. that decision. So like talk about that. Cause I know that sets up some of your next big life decisions. Yeah. I mean, the main thing was I figured out really, really quickly, I'm not good at science and I just did not have a mind on that. I think that was the lowest grade of my entire college career was the uh, chemistry, like the first chemistry class, not even a difficult one. Right. So just didn't click. I was like, well, um, not going to do this really had I had a brief so that was first semester of college second semester I had a brief stand of like oh I want to be a math teacher which would have been really fun and maybe I'll still do that at some point um then I was like no I'm not going to do that so then I went that's when I transferred to UK from UofL um and did finance I was originally going to do finance but then uh yeah did really well in my first accounting course and um that professor pulled me aside was like you know if I think you should probably switch to accounting. Um, you can always do finance stuff with an accounting degree, but a lot of the finance majors I know who are coming out, they're having more trouble finding a job than an accounting guy. So, um, and it's turned out to be a great decision. You know, I can always, um, and I'm thinking about actually making a switch into uh, going down and getting my CFP, the Certified Financial Planner certification. And so it's been really versatile. Like I can do a lot of different things. and And then the CPA license itself is like, that's been huge. Pretty much it gives you this um, weird um, status, among, especially amongst business owners, where they just, you walk into a room, you say, I'm a CPA, people just kind of assume you know exactly what you're talking about, which sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, you have to go research, whatever. But um, that, that, having that at a young age has been super, super helpful. So yeah, but that, that's the journey. So engineering, yeah, the science, not my thing. Math, the funny thing is everything think everyone thinks accountants are really, really good at math. We're not. We just pretty much they just made up their own language, accountants did. And we speak in that language and tax is its own language too. And people who are not in that world day in and day out, they don't understand it. So they have to hire people to help them. Right on. But it's not really math. It's just language. Yeah, it's it's just another language. So yeah. you're kind of like a, a tax programmer. Actually, that's a stretch. I'm not gonna say that ever again. <laughs> uh this is a this is a fun off the cuff question. So a lot of our friends from childhood and college have, I know they've reached out to you to like help them in a, in a dire need. Mm -hmm. Are most people actually poor with finances from what you've seen? I'd say there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, just confusion. People are, the main thing I see is people don't track anything. And so they're, they're always like in a blur or, and you know, where they don't know exactly what's coming in. They definitely don't know what's going out. I mean, at least like if you're working a W-2 job, you know, okay, I know every two weeks I roughly X comes into my bank account. But on the on the way out, they have no idea. And so, and then from a tax perspective, people, I mean, it's no fault of their own. Congress changes the rules every, roughly every four years, it feels like at this point, because 
how things have gone politically. And so right right when you feel like you've got a sense of like, okay, I understand how the exemptions work or the deductions, then they go change it. Um, and, and that's definitely been true with, with COVID. So yeah, I mean, I would say that there's a lot of work to be done on the education front of helping people understand how to budget, how to invest, you know, what is their time horizon, all those kinds of things. And as a tax person, I don't really speak to a lot of those issues. We're mainly working on the tax, the tax like minimization strategies, right? We're not really like, I'm not necessarily right now in the, in the business of like wealth building. So, but that's kind of one of my fun side, you know, side hobbies, I would say at this point, you know, I talk to everyone about money, whether I'm getting paid to do it or not. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of education and especially into, you know, we're moving into a time, I think, uh, we might already be in a recession and nobody in our generation, uh, has really experienced that. I mean, for us being, I'll be 27 during the 08, 09 crash, you know, we were in like seventh grade, eighth grade. And so we yeah. were not paying attention at all. We know? didn't have to. Exactly. <laughs> and so, um, and so everyone for the past, whatever, 12 years has thought they were genius with their investments and everything. And we're all about to learn that, um, we're not all geniuses and we're going to have to figure out how to manage risk. So I think that's going to be the biggest wake up call for like people our age to understand, oh, wow, the S&P just dropped whatever. I don't want to scare people. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not, it's not going up consistently like it has. So yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of education that's going to be needed for people to take a deep breath and say, okay, well, I don't actually need this money until I'm 60 or whatever. So I'm just going to not touch it. I'm going to keep stay in the market. So yeah. And that's a, that's that's a good tidbit. Yeah. The next episode on uh, not all at once is going to talk about <laughs> recession. So I'll, I'll send people there. Well, you mentioned you mentioned earlier how you worked for a real estate firm, like doing their accounting, and then you started your own side thing. So talk about how that that actual journey started with you. Like, what made you realize, oh, I can I can take this risk and work for myself, and I'm pretty confident that there's going to be some some profit. I'm going to get a better lifestyle from it. What what caused that shift? Because I know you you worked with associates in accounting for a while, and then I believe it was Excel. Yep, Excel. Yeah. So so what made you what like, what was the experience? I guess this is probably a better question. What are the experiences you gained from those two firms that then helped you know kind of nudge you out of the, the nest? You know, to spread yeah, your yeah. wings. I gotta fly, Jerry. <laughs> Dude, the main thing was uh, I walked into that small accounting firm at the time. It was probably only fifteen people who worked there, and I was thrown right into meetings with clients. And uh, a chunk of those were completely by myself. And I mean, I am a brand new, right out of college. So it that was the best experience possible for me to be able to do what I've done so quickly. Because I have a lot of other friends who went and worked for bigger firms, and they were just doing behind the desk work. And you only talk to a client if you're a partner or if you're higher level. And so the fact that I got to be in those uncomfortable situations and just gain that, gain that experience of like, okay, I've got to figure out. One, how to think on my feet and make and come ac- come across as confident. That was huge. And then also have the humility to say, like, someone asks a question that I don't know. I just look them in the eye and say, I don't know, but I'll find out and I'll email you later on this evening. And so those those experiences were huge for what I do now. Because now I don't I'm not intimidated um to go talk to, you know, someone who's worth a lot of money or has a really successful business because I just I had those experiences. And then on the Excel side, I just pretty much learned what I didn't want to do. And that was sit in an office, have no flexibility, very stringent on like, you have to be here at this time and you have to stay until this time. And the only communication you had with humans uh, and when you got to leave your spreadsheets 
was like talking to your manager and um, most of the time it wasn't about, you know, it wasn't fun either. So learned what I was not good at. And that's like behind the computer work, which I have to do some of that. But mostly what I love about my job right now is so much of it is conversational. You know, um, there's a lot of communication, whether it's on the phone or in person. And that is kind of like what gets me excited uh, about what I do. And then, but I do have to go back right now. I'm the only guy in the shop that's working, right? So I do everything, which I'm trying to fix that. Um, but you know, it's all a it's all a process. So I would say those those experiences though were really helpful to know what I'm good at and kind of just throw me to the wolves and let me figure it out. And then also here's absolutely what I do not want to do for my career. <laughs> so. Right on, dude. I, I love that. Gosh, yeah. I, I could, we could sit and talk all day, but I want to keep on keep on the, the game plan because I don't want this to be like my my time where I'm just catching up with you, but because I know you bring a lot of value. Um, you didn't mention it earlier, but I want you to talk a little bit about the Bacon Project and what that's been, because that was a really cool stint. I know that's on hold for now, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but how did that, this YouTube channel where you teach people like basic finance and accounting and tax lessons in like 10 minutes or less, like where'd that idea come from? Because that was one of the coolest things I remember. Uh, I remember when I saw that, I was like, one of my friends is killing it in YouTube. <laughs> They're yeah, just talk about that just a little bit because that's yeah. off the cuff, but I know that was really impactful for a while. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I mean, the main idea was just like it's a crime that we that we go all the way through just call it high school, but even all the way through college um, with no no tax knowledge. Unless you go and study accounting, you get literally zero exposure. Even in a personal finance, I took a personal finance uh, course in high school. And I can't remember them, and you know who the <laughs> I do. teacher was, and and I can't remember them talking once about taxes at all, like not even the basics of like, here's the form, here's the due date, here's how marginal tax rates work, like none of that. And so I just kind of thought that that was, that was awful. And, and um, most CPAs, how we make money is we charge for our knowledge, right? And so um, the idea was, well, what if I just gave away my, my knowledge to the world uh, at scale through a YouTube type of um, platform, and then gain the trust of an audience to then go and potentially build products if it made sense, or um, or just continue to have everything be free and maybe take like do a donation model, whatever it is. So that was like the basic thing of like people get people, and and I'm sure there's listeners out there who are like, yeah, there's been a year or two in my past where I totally got screwed by taxes, where I was not prepared. Um, for the number or wh or whatever, I didn't understand. So it was all really just about education and trying to help people. Um, I mean, the main thing is like taxes. If you look at your lifetime expenses, taxes will be your largest lifetime expense, especially wow. once you, yeah, which is crazy. Once you, especially when you think about income taxes, Social Security, Medicare taxes, um, consider sales tax, property tax. I mean, there's a ton of them, right? But even if you just considered what comes out of a person's paycheck, their income taxes and their um, and their Social Security, Medicare taxes, it's really important for people to think through how can I minimize this over the long term? Because at the end of the day, any dollar that ends up going to the government um, that could have been saved potentially in a legal way, obviously, that is money that you could have invested. And you know, if you have a long time horizon. You know, a dollar for forty years at six percent, seven percent, it'll end up being a lot of money. So, trying to help people understand, like when you're young, let's really try to focus on tax minimization. And then, I mean, it's really always important because once you're old and you're um, presumably wealthy, you want to, you know, it becomes all the more important because 
those percentages are being applied to much higher dollars. So that was the main piece is like trying to help people understand like, yeah, taxes are annoying. No one likes talking about taxes. I completely understand that. But in order to build wealth, you really need to devote some time to learning about this so that you can minimize your taxes and grow your wealth quicker ultimately. So. Yeah, this is a, this is Jordan Guest 101. <laughs> no, this is good stuff, dude. <laughs> well, one of the things, and again, the reason I wanted you on this show is because we here in Lexington, like serve Kentucky entrepreneurs across our state. And mm-hmm. I forget when it was maybe, um, let's see, it's now kind of entering summer 2020. I think it was maybe like last winter when you reach out specifically about Hey, how can, how can I work with Simba? Like one of the startups that we've served and worked mm-hmm. with, like, how can I work with these entrepreneurs? And when you, when you said that, I was like, holy smokes, like we're going to somehow be able to do business together. But yeah. you are an entrepreneur. You started your own firm, trust advisors. How do you serve and help other entrepreneurs? Like yeah. at the, at the end of the day, like what, what is like the, the bottom line? I've got a great story on this oh, actually. Bring and it on with man. Simba. So yeah, I got introduced. Well, I'll just say this real quick. Networking. And I, you know, that word I I know can be a dirty word, but just meeting people who are interested in what you're doing and really coming to those, coming to those conversations with no agenda. Like I never come to a conversation like, oh, I really hope this person comes on as a client. I don't really have to do that. It's like, I I just want to see if you're friendly. Exactly. Your agenda is I'm seeing if you're friendly. Yeah. And And I want to hear what you're doing. And, and like, I'm sure it's really awesome. So yeah, had a lot of those, um, you know, there's a guy in my life, Camden Booker. He is connecting me with a ton of people, which has been awesome. Shout out, Camden. Um, I think he was the one who connected me with Evan Knowles. And uh, Evan and I got coffee maybe sometime last year. And then what we're doing right now, your question was, how how do you work with those people, collab? So what we're doing right now is actually we are working on, I'm coming on as part of a, pretty much I'm we're building a, a free course for people within their app, which if Anybody doesn't know their app is like a personal CRM uh, software or I guess a CRM software for real estate agents. So and it's going to end up being your bank. It's going to end up being your tax planner, all this stuff. So it's going to be great. And so what we're doing is um, or what I'm doing is helping build the tax portion of that course to help real estate agents, especially ones who are coming from a W-2 job. Hey, what does it look like to be a 1099? Should I get an LLC? You know, how? what deductions can I take? All those kinds of things. Or if you're just a W-2 person and then all of a sudden you you say, okay, I want to go get my real estate license, there's a lot of, thing, a lot of things that change on the tax side. So anyways, things like that. Where, and Evan and I, would like no one's getting paid for anything or anything like that. It's just like, this will just be fun. And we'll rent out a, a space to do the recording. And I, need to, I still need to write my script and kind of get it all together for, I think it, we're recording sometime next month. So things like that where you're just like, We'll just do a collaboration on this and see where it goes. And and I just think it's it's all about just pretty much putting yourself out there and making, making sure that everyone else around you wins. And then ultimately, I think at the end of the day, it always comes back to, you know, you just are building really great relationships and and you're pretty much all the boats will be lifted at some point. Yeah, so, yeah. R- rising tides raise all ships. Yeah, that's yeah. That's a good way to look at it. So one of the things I, I glossed over, which I'm glad I, I thought about when you, when you mentioned this. So as starting out as an entrepreneur, and this is gonna, this ties back into the last question you just answered of how you help entrepreneurs. You had to go from ground, ground floor, ground zero to where you are today. So talk about some of like the, the struggles of you quit working for another company mm-hmm. and you became self-employed. Like talk about how you just figured things out. Maybe some of the, some of the crappy moments, honestly, if you have any that come to mind or maybe 
this happened and then man when i had this this victory or when i had this win yeah i was confident that i could do this yeah i mean so my last day at my job in 2020 was on pretty much halloween like uh last day of october and i remember like thinking okay i can probably make this work with tax season because how our income works is pretty much you make good chunk of money in the first four months of the year and you've got to kind of squirrel it away for the for the remaining eight months so i was like i i think i can make it work and uh one thing i meant to mention at a little while ago was a big reason why i was able to do this was pretty much from 20 the year of 2019 and 2020 my wife and i got super serious about paying off debt and getting our expenses like as close to zero as as humanly possible um and that was if anybody's out there like man i don't uh how do i do this that was that gave me the confidence we didn't have kids yet um we don't have kids yet and then um <laughs> can't wait to name your son garrett i'm so excited <laughs> and uh so and yeah so we pretty much our our expenses were almost zero and so that was a huge piece for me being able to say okay well i know i just have to at least reach this threshold right and for us at the time i mean it's like two thousand three thousand dollars a month and that was on a double income so that was very doable for us um so i was like yeah i think i can figure it out but then november and december both of those months i brought on and in, in november i brought on my second biggest client still to this day and then on december i brought on my biggest client they're still my biggest client so those were kind of things of like when i quit my job i was like well i think this will work and then just things worked out really well really quickly honestly where um i didn't have to worry about the money anymore i was definitely because my big goal was like i need to get back to what i was making at my prior job as quickly as possible but at the beginning, like when I quit my job, I was, I was probably only expecting to make 50% of what I made or what I was signed up for in my job. So I kind of had to try to recoup that pretty quickly. Thankfully, it happened rather, yeah, rather fast. So, but yeah, not knowing if the income is going to come in, that's the hardest part about being an entrepreneur, right? And especially if you're like in the fundraising, if you're doing the fundraising stuff and you're like, man, we, we only got two weeks of payroll left before we need more money. and so it's always kind of like a eat what you kill kind of environment. And on my side, it's all just about the revenue and then making sure I have the money set aside for all the expenses. And so anyways, I hope that answered your question. Yeah. I mean, the main thing is like those two clients coming in were, were, were huge. Were for huge. No, yeah. That's good stuff. Last couple of questions and then I'll, uh, I'll send you on your way for your, your 12 p.m. Jordan, I love that. Jordan's one of my first friends when we got out of college, actually also in college that used a calendar. And so like, <laughs> even when we hang out, we're going to put it on our calendars together Definitely. just to respect our time. Um, lastly, yeah, like last question about just how you serve entrepreneurs. So what does it look like to work either, you know, with an entrepreneur or maybe, you know, a client that is not a founder of a company? Like how do you, how do you serve them on a daily basis? What does that relationship look like? What is the value that you bring and how do you make their life better from the services you provide in your knowledge as well. So you're talking about like a, someone who's not a small business owner necessarily. Could be small business owner, could be entrepreneur, could be someone who works like in another, another field. But how do you, how do you take what Jordan Guest knows and bring it to the level? So they say, wow, I'm so glad that you are in my life. I'm so glad you're helping me yeah. with my finances, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's always a spectrum of like people, some people really, really want um, me to do everything and then them so, be so, so very hands off. What what does everything look like? So, yeah, so that would be like um on the traditional like tax side, that would be doing the tax prep. That would be doing potentially doing like ARAP, so paying bills, making sure their customers are paying them on time. Um 
which right now I'm only doing those like that kind of service for really one, well, two clients. Um, and then budgeting, stuff like that, where for a small business owner, I'm essentially like an outsourced CFO uh, for a couple of the companies. And so I'm helping them make decisions. Like I had a meeting yesterday with with the operations manager of one of the companies, and they're talking about giving raises to to their managers. And so trying to think through, okay, well, what do we have? Wiggle room. And at the end of the day, you know, okay, we can do that, but we're going to have to raise prices on what we're selling by X amount to make sure that that happens. And our prices were already going up at, at the source. So things like that. I mean, that's kind of like the, the normal thing is just doing a tax return, right? The normal thing for me is like doing a 1040. That's for an individual or doing a tax return for like a corporation or something. But then there's also, and that's like the bare minimum. Like we have to do that at least. And then, yeah, what I'm describing uh, previously is like, okay, we know we need the tax work done, but we also want to like try to grow our profits, grow our revenue, uh, hire on new people, open up new stores, whatever it is. And we really need somebody to kind of, it's almost like a more consulting role in that sense. And so I have clients, you know, all the way in between. Some people just want to meet a couple times a year just to do some tax planning, depending on how their income is going for the year. Do they need to adjust their estimates that they're paying into the IRS or whatever? So, yeah, it's kind of all all in between. Now, like what I'm trying to do with Kindle is we're we're trying to much we're trying to get more into like Bitcoin consulting where we're helping people think through um, think through how they're buying and uh, holding their Bitcoin. And so I'm kind of like juggling a couple different businesses at that point where the tax firm is is growing organically. It's like on, on pace to to continue like doing well. So I'm like trying to figure out at this point, well, how how am I how am I acquiring more customers for the Bitcoin stuff and pretty much growing the podcast audience and because at the end of the day, all I'm trying to do is I'm an educator. I mean, that really is what I do because it makes my job easier on the tax side. And I think the more people that understand the Bitcoin stuff, the better as well. So trying to just figure out how to educate the most people in the least amount of time, pretty much, and then zero in on on issues as they arise. So, yeah. Jordan, last last two questions. These can be both pretty quick. Uh, what is... What is a piece of advice that you would give any fellow Kentucky entrepreneur being one yourself? And then follow this up with how can people find you, whether social media, your website, and how can they support the work that you're doing or become a potential client? So the first, the first one, um, I would just say if you're wanting to become an entrepreneur, the main thing, like I, I run into this issue with people where they're like, yeah, I really want to quit my job. I want to do this. Uh, I want to do my side project full time or I want to start this side project. A lot of them run into an issue of like, well, I can't do it while I'm working my job. So then it's like, well, do you try to save up a good chunk of money? And then you try to live off of that while you're growing it. So best case scenario is finding a job that you can easily, like there's no conflict, there's no uh, non-compete, nothing like that, where you can go build your own thing. Um, So that's one piece. And then I would say getting really serious about like, personal finance is just it's just gonna fast track you if you can essentially like what we did was we paid off our debt in 2019 so we we went into 2020 with no debt and then also 2020 i know it was a really tough year for a lot of people it was the best year for me only because i was income wise because i was working i was pretty much working two kind of full-time jobs and so it was allowing me to save a lot more money 
all the while my expenses were really, really close to, you know, the bare minimum. And so, yeah, I would say my biggest piece of advice is like, in order to fast track you becoming an entrepreneur, I would say trying to figure that out, that piece out. And then the only other thing that I would mention is, is just uh, talking to people. I mean, there at the beginning, I was keeping my calendar full. Um, and I would pretty much anybody I met, I would just at least say, Hey, do you want to go have a coffee? And then uh, when they, it always happens, people are like, so what do you do? And I would just tell them. And then a lot of those people said, I need you to do that for me. And so just figuring out what's a problem out there that I can solve. And, um, and at least at the beginning, when you're not, you're just trying to get any client in the door. Yeah. Just meeting with people and telling them what you do. That seemed like the, the best strategy for me. Yeah. And so for your last question, um, yeah. So right now I would say, um, best place to find me is on Twitter. Uh, my, my, uh, Twitter handle is guess underscore Jordan and my DMS are open. It's how a lot of, it's funny. I've been getting a lot of clients through Twitter, um, not from Kentucky. And so, um, step it up Kentucky. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's been, uh, so that's been fun. I'm pretty active on Twitter, having a lot of fun on Twitter. And so, yeah, you can reach me there. Um, and then, yeah, check out the podcast if you want to, uh, it's called not all at once and we're on all the, uh, all the major on all the major, I guess, platforms, whatever you call them. So we have to do that every, we record every Thursday morning and normally Kendall has it out. He's awesome about it normally by the evening. So, um, yeah, we're having a lot of fun with that. Just kind of, there's, it seems like there's just so much news to talk about, whether it's the interest rates or what's going on with Bitcoin and the Canada situation or Ukraine or whatever. So, um, yeah, check that out. And if you have any questions about Bitcoin too, let me know about that. Cause I've been, that's been a, a personal, uh, deep dive that I've been doing since, uh, really the end of 2020. So it's been really fun, even though the price action right now is not, not looking too hot. So yeah, that's it. That's it for me. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Jordan, again, appreciate your time. Keep being a stud and, uh, We'll have to do this again soon. That sounds great. Thanks, Garrett. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesomings Podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. Or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in. And let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.